Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Talented Human Podcast. This is uh, your host, Jay Flores. I have, I'm very excited to have you guys back for episode two. Today, we have a very, very important guest to this um, podcast. And for this season, his name is Tom Wetrick. He is the Innovation Coordinator at Noblesville High School in Indiana. And he is the president of the Started Up Foundation. I am super thrilled to have Don on the line to start talking a little bit about what it takes to, to motivate and to actually nurture someone's talent, passions, and dreams at a young age. He's been doing a fantastic job. I had the opportunity to hear him speak and hear his, his students speak in New York. Um, and I also had a chance to chat with him for a couple of minutes. And I'm super excited to have him on the show. And without further ado, Welcome to the show, Don. How are you today? Hey, super. <laughs> pretty, pretty excited to be on the podcast, man. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, like I mentioned, um, I, I was very... Um, so I came to, to know about you through, through our mutual friend, Sintor Meyer. Um, he talked very highly of you. And when you were planning to come to New York um, with your students, um, he was one of the uh, few people that, that I believe you reached out to to see if you know if we can help find a venue and try to get you um, connected with a few people so that and, and some entrepreneurs that, that can speak to to your to your students and and then when I found out what you did and and, and what you were doing I I became really um, fascinated by it and. Uh, I, I saw a tremendous value in what you do and, you know, enough work can appreciate what you do, honestly. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, why don't you um, give us a little bit of back, uh, about your background, what got you started with your foundation, what got you started with, like, um, doing the program that you're doing with your students um, at the school and, yeah, give us a little bit. Yeah. Right. The background story here is uh, uh, we started a class called Innovation and Open Source Learning. And by that, you know, the first seven to eight weeks of school, we teach our students how to think for themselves, how to reframe problems, how to look for problems, how to understand their digital brand and, and treat it sacredly. Um, and, 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 you know, how to whiteboard, how to collaborate truly. Um, and then we open source our learning from there on out because once you can think for yourself, now I want you to be what we call a seeker and peeker, not moaner and groaner. Uh, opportunity seekers listen to people, you know, complain. And while the world's complaining, those opportunity seekers listen. And when they start gathering in groups, uh, then they can become peekers because peekers, like, they start comparing notes. They start looking at trends. They start looking at where things are going and they can peek around the corner. And so, that's the kind of culture I want to build with, with my students. And that's, and that's exactly kind of what we started growing is that, you know, that, that culture uh, started growing and then we open source it from there on out. So if a student that can now think for themselves says, Hey, I want to learn how to code in Python. Awesome. I don't, but we can open source that, you know, you, you can learn from somebody other than the teacher when you're at school. You can build a network and then, you know, reach out to that girl or that guy that codes in Python uh, and then start learning with them or, or working on projects. And so the, the, the success of the class went pretty well. 
Um, and then we started getting requests to work with other schools to set up similar programs. And then uh, we ended up launching a uh, nonprofit to uh, really accelerate this. And that's what we call the Start Ed Up Foundation because we treat education like a startup. And uh, yeah, we've been, we've been on the go ever since. That is fantastic. That is, uh, it's such a, it's such a, uh, you know, fascinating change, change of pace from what, what you hear that happens in the classroom on a daily basis um, in, in most schools in, in the U.S. and around the world. And um, I have been a, a very bit, big advocate of saying, hey, we need to modify the way we teach our kids. We need to modify the way that people are learning. I learned in a very specific, very, you know, structured way where, you know, I had, um, I'll give you a little bit of my background. I grew up in, in Venezuela and I went to, you know, most of my school in, in, in Venezuela. So I, I learned, you know, going to a classroom, having a very specific, you know, curriculum of classes that I was supposed to take that we're going to lead me to have, you know, the, the necessary education to eventually go to university and, and follow, you know, the, the already, you know, basically structured path that everyone gets, you know, kind of built where they're born in a way. And, um, and I just don't think that in today's world that fits. And, and I've been saying, okay, so we need to be better critical thinkers. We need to be better, um, more open-minded to like not just learn from the people that allegedly have the knowledge because they're older, because they're professors, because they, um, um, yeah, because they, they have a degree that says that they, they know more and, and that's not necessarily true. Um, I myself pride, um, take a lot of pride into, into saying I love learning and I love to learn every day and I don't care who I learn from. It could be, it could be my dad or my mom. It could be a friend and it could be a random high schooler that I meet through photography at some point. That's just something that has value to me and then that blows my mind and, and allows me to like innovate and keep myself, you know, growing. And, and that's, uh, I, I think that's how we need to, to take education to a new level. Yeah. Well, but riding that ship is, is difficult because how massive it is. But I think one of the biggest obstacles we've seen is re-educating the parents on what's important. You know, for the last 200 years, memorizing the SAT and just behaving well to get into that good college was the most important thing. Well, the world has shifted massively. And um, a lot of times parents will pressure kids into taking the SAT one more time, cramming for the ACT one last time. That causes a great amount of hardship, both financially and emotionally. And, you know, we, we, need to, we need to let parents know that that's just not a good strategy. Your son or daughter acquiring skills is way more important than padding your high school schedule down with AP or advanced, you know, weighted GPA classes. It's just, it, it's, it's, the world's shifted dramatically and we need, we need to make sure the parents need to, you know, know this and, and adjust accordingly. Yes, that's absolutely right. I, I can't, I can't agree. Like I, I mean, I have, uh, my family is so big. I have um, cousins and, 
and 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 family members that are you know cousins and nephews and nieces that are within a, a range of age like my oldest cousin is probably 40 something and my youngest cousin is i think 20 or 19 and and those are like you know like the mentality has always been like well if you don't follow what the path is and if you don't follow like if you don't go to school if you don't go to college you know and and even the ones that haven't gone to college are forcing almost like that same mentality on their kids and saying, well, if you don't do this, then what are you going to do? And they don't they don't take a second to kind of listen and say, because like sometimes the kids are saying, this is what I want to do, but if it doesn't align with what the parents believe they should do, it's almost like it's just white noise to them and they don't assimilate what the, their kid is saying, and it's actually their desire and. And I think it's such a such a dangerous thing. Like I, um, and it brings me back to to what Colin said in his video that promoted, like, kind of got this whole idea that I, of my podcast started. It's like, how do we do and how do we manage, you know, people finding their purpose and the effect that it has on them psychologically and and emotionally when it comes to like knowing what they want to do but not having the ability to actually do it because then you're not conforming to what society says that you should be doing right right well it's it's just i don't know that's the only thing i really have a lot of fear of is that this fast coming storm um our teens aren't adapting and then of course in my humble opinion it's causing a lot of depression and or anxiety over, you know, how many students have general diplomas that they racked up a huge amount of debt and they're underemployed. They, they're, they're not, you know, what they graduated in, they're not, they're not earning money on. And uh, again, these are, these are conversations, at minimum conversations we need to start having uh, with more students and parents because the kid, the kid that thinks that they're just going to rack up a huge debt and it's going to pay off needs to be challenged uh, and, and, and re-examined. Yes, no, and, that's, and, and, and you hit on something right there on, that, on, on racking up debt. Um, I have been traveling for the past eight months and I've spent a lot of time in Europe and my network of people is surrounded by uh, young people between 20 and 25 in Germany. And they can't understand, they can't put together the fact that Americans rack up so much debt to go to school. These kids are kind of like, they have the freedom to say, I'm going to go to college if I want to, and it's not going to cost them a thing. And then they choose not to because they actually feel that they can learn more outside of college because it doesn't really represent who they are. And they're building businesses and building amazing things that um and apps and technology and, and and creating content video you know traveling the world doing what they want to do because they follow their passion and a lot of them against the grain of what their dad and their moms think like i i i think back to to when i met finn he mentioned i'm doing this because i you know i told my parents this is what i wanted to do and now I have to prove to them that I was right. Uh-huh. And then the only reason, the only way that they're going to accept it is if I show them that, you know, I'm getting results and that 
um, actually put in the effort. They were not happy with me dropping out of college, but they also understood that it was what I wanted to do and that what I needed to do. And they kind of gave me the opportunity to say, okay, well, go give it a go. And if you can succeed, then, then yeah, then you're free to do what you want. Like, if not, then, you know, consider going back to school at a later time. But like most parents are not taking that approach. Most parents are saying, well, no, it's my way or the highway. If you don't want to do this, then, well, you got to go. And, and that's not right. the case where like, I don't think kids should be, you know, especially when they're racking up debt, like you shouldn't feel that way. And, uh, and I just think like one thing is, you know, making sure that we can, that our kids can afford education if they want to. And also that if they want to find it somewhere else and if they want to build something on their own without necessarily having to go to school, that they also have that opportunity and they have the support of their family because like things are shifting and the economy is shifting and, and the worldwide view on employment is shifting. Like we're moving towards more contracting work rather than employee work. Yeah. Even, well, even, even small startups. Yeah. Well, I mean, even on the, like the, the, the contracting work, freelancers, things of this nature, if you don't have a mindset to go out there and get yours, then you're dead in the water. If you wait around for a strike, like you, you think about the, 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 the characteristics of a good student, they sit patiently with their hands folded. They wait for their turn to talk. Uh, there's a right or wrong answer. So wait around for the, somebody else to mess up. Meanwhile, the people are out there getting it, take the risks. Like they, 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 they adapt to what they've done wrong quicker. And it's the opposite of what we were rewarded as a good student. And my gosh, the, the, I mean, the, the clock is ticking. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's going to be an absolute um, <laughs> catastrophe on our hands, as if there isn't already. I mean, if you really start looking into the college debt and what it's doing to our economy, I mean, not to mention what it's psychologically doing to a lot of our students. But just from the economy standpoint, this amount of debt that we've racked up, uh, it, uh, although it's kind of interesting, there's, there's a university, I was just listening to this on Freakonomics, and ironically enough, this college is right down the street from me, but Purdue University is starting to um, basically offer up service contracts that they'll pay for your tuition if you agree to give them 13% of your salary for the next three years. And there's a cap on it, but it basically, I like it because they're like, we're making an investment in you. We want our money back. But it's not like they're just going to be general studies majors who, you know, study the history of flower pots and, and paper mache. They are, they are giving it to students that they know that will make a return on investment. And that's exactly the kind of mindset that we need of you're not going to go to college to freaking find yourself. You can do that. You can travel Europe and do that. Yeah. You're going to college to, to be able to provide for yourself, not to smoke a lot of weed and, you know, play hacky sack at the quad. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what I did when I went to college. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just it. That has become the cliche experience, and yeah. that was fine. And by the way, if you can pay for all this, go and do, go have a fun time. Go have a fun time. 
Absolutely. But if you're complaining that you're drowning in debt, then don't do that. Which brings me to another point. Um, it's, it's something that I've been kind of like talking with a few people um, in conversation. And it's my idea that when you go to school, when you go to university in the U.S., you have your core classes for your major. And then you have all this general ed and, you know, classes that have sometimes no, no impact, no direct impact in, in what your core classes are for your education. So they rack up a bit amount of credits. Like you have, I think it's half and half in some schools, some schools like 65, 45% uh, of core classes and 45 of the, uh, of the uh, general general education classes, and and you require the the sum of all those credits to actually get your diploma, so that adds up to four years. But technology is not changing every four years. Technology is changing almost twice a year. Oh yeah. And like I'm improving so much faster than the speed in which kids are learning. Like my God, it takes eight years to become a doctor of general medicine, not, and then it takes like 16 years to be a, neuro, a pediatric neurosurgeon. You know how much technology changes in 16 years? Right. At the speed yeah. that is happening today, so we need to find ways to train people better. We need to find ways to shorten the time that people are in school. If, they, if we really want people to go to school, well, Guess what? There's no time for the experience anymore. There's no time for the hacky sack and the, and the weed smoking. There's no, look, I, I was taking 15, 18 credits a semester, and it will still take me four years to, to graduate. And I had so much time in my hands. I had a part-time job. I was able to like go on trips with my friends. I had time to study. I had everything. And, and all that put together, like, it just kind of feels like a waste of time if we don't shorten the time that kids are going to school for so that they can take those core classes and and actually well, get the diploma at a shorter yeah. time. And they, they, if then they decide that they want to continue and take some general education classes to better themselves or to, to find, you know, to get more knowledge if they want to, that's fine. But let's, let's not tie it to what you need to get your diploma well, there, there's there's going to be a lot of people in the academia pipeline that before they're done with their degree, there's going to be some careers that are going to be completely obsolete because they've been automated. Exactly. And and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but the, some of the degrees that take a very, very long time to take, uh, they, they, I, I, you've seen advancements in, in robotics and you know, there was a there was a demonstration done not too long ago that basically uh, a robot did a, a surgery on a grape, and uh, it was very delicate. And they're obviously trying to show what it would be like with like soft tissue, like an eyeball. But like, you know, some of these people that might be in year ten of their studies might find that some advancements might completely make them obsolete. And I feel terrible about that. And yet at the same time, it just is what it is. So, you know, if, if you have that seeker and peeker mentality, if you're, if you're out there looking for opportunities, 
if you can have your finger on the pulse of, hey, this is changing, then you can adjust. Because seekers always adjust. You know, like the average career now, people switch careers very rapidly. So have your, have your eyes open. And while I feel terrible if what your, you know, your career took you 10 plus years to train for, um, you know, I, I'm assuming there will still always be advancements and in innovation within an industry. You might not have to leave it, but things can be disrupted very quickly and you have yeah. to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I actually had the pleasure of um, about two years ago touring the um, robotics lab at, at MIT. Uh-huh. And I saw some crazy stuff on the medical side of things, and 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 like the things that, like, I mean, I, I I wanted to be a doctor at some point, and by the time I was ready to go to med school, it was just too expensive, and like the amount of debt that I was going to be, the time that it was going to take, it just didn't add up. But boy, would I would love to be. In, in an OR now because like the advancements that I saw two years ago on like what you can do surgically and like how, how doctors are like aided by these machines now to make yeah. you know to, to to cut time and and you know that the, the someone's under under anesthesia because the surgery won't take that long it cuts down the time that that um that someone has to be you know completely cut open to and I now like with small incision surgeries that that you can do you can you can do even small incisions to like cure um or or to treat certain tumors in the brain and and stuff like that 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 before required for someone to you know to be cut completely open in the head just to remove a small mass of something and and now they can just you know get this machine and with the little camera and make a small incision, navigate through through the cortex and navigate to, through you know through the brain and and find this mass and take it away. Yeah. Without tragic, and that's you know all of that. And I think of all those things, and I feel like you know we have the people at the schools that are creating you know advancement in robotics, and we have the people that are creating technology outside of schools, like entrepreneurs that are building things that um, are helping the economy and are helping the, uh, you know, us grow and advance as a society worldwide, actually. And, and I say, how do we make sure that we nurture all talent? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, you know, I, I, this is where I come across really negative. You can't if their mindset isn't there. I, I think one. I think one of the biggest obstacles we're facing is the victimization. I can never get ahead in this world mindset. the The cards are stacked against me. I can't do it because Trump. I can't do it because of Pelosi. I can't do it because of stupid Republicans. I can't do it because of stupid Democrats. We are so politicized, and it doesn't. For, for the vast majority of decisions you make, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. You are in control of you. What you learn is up to you. And this myth that somehow we're being controlled, well, 
I mean, you know, in some cases that like I understand, but the vast majority of your day is dictated by your decisions and your willingness to move on or complain about not moving on. Yeah. And I, and I completely understand. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm considered a minority. Um, I'm, I'm from Venezuela. I'm Latino. And, and, and um, from that point of view, I should have always felt like the, 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 the deck was stacked against me. And I actually never felt that. I've never, right. like, I have. No. Ironically enough, me. if you're living in Venezuela, oh my gosh. Exactly. Now you're not, like, that's a totally. <laughs> <laughs> now now <laughs> the deck is really stacked against me. <laughs> oh, in ways that people can't comprehend. Um, exactly. Right, right. But uh, if we're in a, in a developed country, and if we're in a, in a, you know, if 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 the opportunities are there, it's for us to take care of, of uh, of handling that and and making sure that we get the the best of it. Because if not, then we spend like again, we get depressed. We spend our lives blaming others. And um, I I have made a mistake in the past of like blaming certain circumstances. X, Y, and Z for the results that I have. And well, to me, that's just, and like, if I continued on that path, to me, that was going to end in me being going crazy. And, and it's, it's understanding like our current situation, regardless of success, failure, whatever, it's cause and effect of our decisions. And, and that just, to me, that's, that's the um, that's the biggest thing, and I want to kind of bring things back a little bit because I did uh, hear you um, mention something that kind of like carry you in a in a way, which is like the effect that that not finding your purpose and like this kid not being you know not being able to to find like the right mindset and and and, and the depression that it can lead to. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about that because I one of the things that I wanted to discuss throughout the um, throughout this uh, podcast is is how do we how do we change that mindset? How do we help people that don't have the right mindset and and prevent them from having like just think about it from from this point of view. Um, let's say someone that, that has a good talent but doesn't have the support that he needs or she needs to, to develop this talent, goes on in life, follows the path that others expect for them to follow, and, and then they're now 35 years old, filled with regret. Like, how do we prevent that? How do we, what, what do you say to your students that, 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 that come to you and say, Don, this is, I mean, I, I, I feel like I can do this, but I don't think I'm good enough. Or my parents wouldn't allow me to do this. Or, like, what would others think? You know, how do you manage that with your students, young people that you talk yeah. to on a daily basis? I mean, I'm, I'm not 100%, you know, all the time. But the ones that convert over are, you, you just keep reinforcing the message, you're in control of you. Um, and, and I also like to encourage them to be transparent with their journey. You can't bullshit your way through things. Eventually, if you build an audience, you're like, Hey, I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to build this thing. If you don't eventually build that thing, people are going to say, Hey, where is it? 
So I, I like a little bit of that pressure. And at the same time, almost the exact opposite, get off Instagram and quit comparing yourself to other successful people. Because for the most part, you're mad at yourself and you just keep crawling into that hole of depression. Um, it, it, take the time to take a step back and like ask yourself, what do I truly enjoy doing? Matter of fact, I took my daughter through this exercise. She, one time she was kind of having a rough time and she had kind of a conflict in her life and, and, you know, she's the middle child. So she's got an interesting perspective on things. And I said, uh, Anna, I said, let's just say right now you, you, she's 14. I said, but let's just say that you walk down to, uh, the gas station. They believed you're 18. They let you buy a scratch off ticket. You win $5 million. And I said, would you still be upset with your circumstances? She's like, well, no, I had have $5 million. And I said, well, here's the thing, Anna, you've already won the lottery. You just haven't realized it yet. Your lottery is going to be made over the next several years but you can arm yourself knowing that you've already got what it takes to succeed. So if not, if money weren't an object, Anna, what would you do? I said, $5 million isn't enough to live off of the rest of your life, but it could be a heck of a next 10 years. And so when I take money out of the equation, she starts thinking, okay, what would I really want to do? And you know what most people answer, Jay? I want to help people. If you took yeah. money off the table, and I said, okay, what would you help them with? And Anna thought about it. She's like, you know what? I love show choir. I would like to give young people voice lessons to find their voice. And I think that'd just make them happy. I'm like, okay, great. Could you make that a career? She's like, well, if I didn't have to worry about money, yeah. I said, okay. Once the $10 million, once the $5 million wore off, could you charge? Well, yeah. When you ask people what would their idea life be and they take money out of it, now they took away the one limitation that they're fearing. But no matter what, and I shouldn't say no matter what, the vast majority of things that you love, you can monetize. Because normally the things that you love will bring value to other people, period. And if you're bringing value to other people, they'll pay for it. So to the 35-year-old that wants to reinvent herself or his self, start with what drives you. Well, I got to pay my bills now. I understand. But right now, you're an intrapreneur. You got to slub through that job you don't like to start figuring out a plan that you might transition to in the next six months to 12 months. That's a, that's a great message. And like, I'm, I'm always amazed. Like, you, you probably have like, the greatest daughters in the world because like, uh, your daughter is <laughs> doing amazing things um, herself. Um, I have to reach out to her to have her on the podcast as well. I think I'm going to close the, uh, the entire, her, her, her mindset is just mind blowing to hear her speak at the, uh, at the event in New York was such a treat. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, and she's what, 16, 17. Uh, she just turned 18. That's a long ago. Yeah. 18 now. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the, uh, the, that proposition she, she made you and, and your wife about college. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, it's like you get, you understand what happens when you nurture mindset. And uh, I, I'm actually happy that we're talking about, um, about this because like, and, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because it's not so much about 
nurturing the talent and telling people that they can do it and that, you know, if you want something, you can achieve it. It's just nurturing that mindset, changing their, their mindset to believe more in themselves that, um, that is important. And I, and I, I, I do appreciate that you actually um, focus on that with your students and, and when, when people and, and, and you put importance into, into saying, well, the difficult part is changing that mindset because it is like yeah. for me, like I, when I decided that I was going to quit my job, I wasn't going to, to, to do something because it was, was supposed to do. And I finally decided to follow my passion, to follow my dreams, to do what I wanted to do. That to me, that, that was a breaking point. That was, that was like a complete, 360 on my mindset to say, well, because I, you know, I, I was that 30 year old that, you know, said I have to pay my bills. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like, how do I actually get to where I need to get with this, you know, passion and dream? Like if I have to do all of this, like you said, I took money out of the equation. Well, and I I think that's money completely out of the equation because even my savings I put them to the side and like I was like Mm-mm. inexistent to me because yeah. if I don't put myself you know press against the wall to say okay well now I have to do it <laughs> right it should have been a very nice vacation yep yep that's when the rubber meets the road man and, yeah, I, and I think that, you know, when you, I think that's the other nice thing about the open source learning part is that, you know, the 35 year old that's going through this can, you know, a 16 year old could be talking to them about, okay, what pitfalls should I avoid? It's the one reason why I don't, I mean, I'm not bashing things like Harry Potter or Game of Thrones. I'm not going to learn, like, I, I'd rather read about Henry Ford. The guy was a badass. Yes, he was. Because I can can learn about what, how he thought, what he thought about some of the, and and instead of me seeing what Dragon ate, I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I'm going to sound stupid, but like, (laughs) I I just, I I like to learn from people on their successes, but I also like to learn from people that say, you know what? I would have saved five years of my life if I had done that. Awesome. I'm going to save five years of my life. (laughs) And and I, I love that. Well, as, a, as an avid Game of Thrones and Harry Potter fan, um, <laughs> I, 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 I and I'm sure you can find metaphors of life. You know, uh, I find well, I haven't I've, I haven't found anything in Game of Thrones that I can actually say. Well, this could help me in um, in my <laughs> in my career, or but I do have like, for example, like um, the because um, we went into the uh, media side of things, but I do have for my. Um, the uh, the Dark Knight series trilogy uh, of Batman is filled with wisdom, uh, like just never giving up and and doing what you have to do, like having that mindset to 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 fight for what you believe in. Yep. And and I think that's one of the I think that to me that's why that those movies speak so so highly. Like the first movie um, in in two thousand five, basically the opening line for that movie is. Why do we fall? It's, it's yeah. Thomas Wayne telling Bruce Wayne as a kid, why do we fall? And then he tells him to learn to pick ourselves back up 
you never give up. Like that right there was like absolute brilliance. And, and, uh, and like it's always like little nuggets. And in, in, in that same movie, there's like the, the, um, a scene where um, um, the girl tells Bruce, it's like, it's not who you are underneath it's what you do that defines you it's absolutely true like we can say that we are this and that but if our actions don't match what we do right like then we're not or what we say then we're not they're not true yeah exactly and yeah to me that's like the um the biggest like like there's always there you're always going to find and and i like henry four that guy, like, honestly, like, the way, like, he wasn't specifically talented at anything. He was just good at, you know, getting people that had the talent to, to maximize it. And, and he was just brilliant. And, and he can build and design and, and, and do, you know, amazing things with the talents of others around him. Because, well, while his talent wasn't building cars, his talent was, you know, making sure he could put a company together to build cars. Yeah. And, and, and that's, um, that to me is like it was him, um, the, uh, the crazy other guy, um, Vanderbilt with his smug attitude and, and, uh, and just flat out, I'm, I'm Lord of the right. rails. <laughs> It is my way or no way. And then, you know, it took one bigger guy like Rockefeller to, to kind of like put him in this place. But those were people that actually did what they needed to do. And like, they always worked towards like, you know, better in themselves and, and those around them. So to me, that's uh, like, we can learn so much from, from, from our history, from our future, from our past, you know, from our present, like, from younger generations, from older generations, like, um, it's, to me, it's just, it's, it's an abundance of knowledge out there and we just have to go out there and take it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I, I've really, uh, enjoyed this conversation so far. Is there anything that, that you can share from, from your experiences um, since you started the program at your school and uh, like one one or two particular uh, scenarios where you where you work with your student that might have had difficulties like getting to the mindset and that they're now thriving yeah I mean I, I've had some people uh, over the years you know that the ones that have really stumbled um, it was always the reflection that can get you back on your course. You know, some kids get down, you know, that didn't work out. That's fine. You're 17. You have several years now to recover. Um, and then the, like, and, and I, and I, I think that's the ones that go on and succeed do just that. They're like, you know what I did wrong, but you know what it was almost, you know, what I was so close to, you know, like th those pivots that we talk about are, are real. And, you know, there are no mistakes, which ironically enough, I think you can find a lot of life metaphors in Kung Fu Panda. Um, 
but you know, there, there are no mistakes, you know, like go and try it again. Tell me what you're going to do different. Having that, that willingness to, to learn and move on is I think one of the, the, the biggest things. Yeah. Experimenting is great. Yeah. Taking risks is great, but it's reflecting on it, knowing how to adjust, which is more important. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ovens, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, an entrepreneur from New Zealand. He, um, very smart kid and big kid because he's younger than me, but, um, he, uh, he basically, uh, he has a training online and he talks a lot about finding your niche and consulting. And, and, and he says like, don't be afraid to fail. Right. Like I started three businesses before I made it. I failed three times before I made it. And, but I didn't give up, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it couldn't happen. And, and, um, it's not, it's not always the first try that's going to be what leads you to, um, to, um, that leads you to the, uh, to what you got to, you know, well, to where you're going to be and, and, and what you're going right. to achieve to that success level that you want to, to get like it takes a lot of like you said experimenting and but at the same time it's all you know what do we learn from you know why do we fall absolutely <laughs> learning why do we fall and why you know we pick ourselves back up and we get things done um john this has been um a fantastic conversation i couldn't thank you enough for 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 taking the time to come on the show um I don't know what's going to happen with the, um, with the podcast, um, how long it's going to run, how famous it's going to get. Hopefully we'll like blow it up and, and we can, uh, you know, make it really reach audiences because that's at the end of the day, what I want to achieve, um, you know, get people to feel motivated to, to hear people like you talk about the, um, the importance of, of finding your purpose, the importance to stay, you know, to, 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 stick and to, and to understand that you need to have the right mindset to, to get to things. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on the, on the podcast today, taking the time. And uh, I, yeah. you know, I can't say enough, uh, best of, of luck with the, um, with an non, uh, non-for-profit, um, best of luck with the end of the year. I know that you're finishing up the school year and, and things can get kind of crazy. My aunt is in the school system as well. And this time of the year is kind of crazy for her too. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, man, so I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, thank you so much, Don. I, again, I, uh, will continue to connect on LinkedIn. I continue to follow your stuff. And if you ever need anything, uh, just let me know. All right. Thanks so much, Jay. Thank you so much.